Hi, and welcome to No Crying in Baseball, episode 242, the Patty Has the Plague episode. Hey, everybody, my name is Potty Mouth, and I am here with our special West Coast correspondent, Deborah. Hey there, Deborah. Thanks for pinch, pinch hitting today. Thanks. I'm, I'm so happy and uh, thrilled to be here, although I'm really sorry that Patty is so sick. And uh, I have to say that when I became a a Patreon subscriber, follower, patron. I, uh, I, I knew I would get a chance to to tell you what I wanted to say on the podcast, but I didn't think I'd get a chance to actually be on it. So, thank you for having me. I super appreciate it. And that that aforementioned, we did get permission from Patty to talk about her having the plague. Um, she did delay in getting that second booster shot, that old lady booster shot that we have the privilege of being able to get. But who knows? I resemble that remark. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so do I. And and I did. I just got mine, but kind of by accident. I was doing the same thing as Patty. Like, I'll get around to it. And I happened to be helping this uh, young immigrant family in, in the nearby town. And the kid was ready for her second shot. And so while I was taking her, I was like, oh, yeah, I might as well get my old lady booster shot while, while I'm at it. And so I did. Um, but, you know, to give Patty definitely an absolute break, nothing is nothing is certain, right? Like people no. are still getting it. You're just still I know it. people who have their their old lady booster who got it. Uh, I know people who were so careful, only got together with people outside and got it. Um, you know, it's just this isn't uh, it's like any illness it's not something it's not something you can necessarily prevent or do you can be as careful as you can and it still right. can happen so absolutely that said get your booster <laughs> and your second booster exactly yeah i mean given that still be careful there are places where you should be wearing masks you should definitely be immunized it's going to make if you get sick not quite as bad i mean I, I know patty hasn't had a great week but it seems like she's you know, just low key, low energy, hanging out on the sofa was the last, um, the last update update I got. So, we are we're thinking of you, Patty, and missing you, and loving you lots, and hoping you have very, very fast recovery. So yeah. on, so one of the cool things that I got for poor Patty, one of the, the cool things I got to do in Patty's stead was to bring the child, no longer a child to the Adley Rutschman t-shirt giveaway night at Orioles. So me and Mr. Potty Mouth, and I always get mixed up if it's, I think it's Junior Potty Mouth, right? Junior Potty Mouth. Right. All right. So, so Patty's kid. <laughs> Not to be confused with Potty Mouth Junior. Absolutely. So that's, that's why I get like all mixed up and the two of them are having brunch right now. So I, I should throw, th I should have thrown a microphone at that one. I, it's getting harder and harder every year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a fun extended family. We, we can we can say it that way. So we had a blast with the kid, the not so kid who's, you know, taller than me at this point. Um, but not only was it Adley t-shirt giveaway, but there were fireworks and the, the Orioles did a lovely job with that. It was a beautiful night for baseball. They played mm. the Cleveland Guardians, which was so much fun to be able to say the Guardians. So that was like an extra sad to not have Patty there being the, you know, the lifelong oh, yeah. Cleveland fan. But there were a couple of Cleveland fans right next to us on the other side of Junior Potty Mouth. And Junior Potty Mouth is, is just a lovely person in so many ways and was able to, in a very friendly way chat up the guy who is very grandpa looking grandpa age who is wearing a wahoo hat you know and so we we definitely have our feelings about the name was retired wahoo was retired first people really don't need to be wearing wahoo hats at this point but 
it was a grandpa, you know, and it, and and at that game, we weren't going to be able to explain the whole situation and change his lifelong allegiance and things like that. But the kid had a really lovely talk with them. They talked about Cleveland. The talk, kid talked about their Cleveland background and Cleveland did win the game handily. But <laughs> we did talk about the fact that it was a no hitter going into like the sixth inning, which was a little Whoa. awkward. So I felt the need to tweet about that to discuss it, you know, very openly. And thank you, Trey Mancini, for not only giving me much, much needed uh, fantasy points, but breaking up that no hitter. That's because of you. So, you did that. There we go. Right. Man, we did we did the the rally hats too, and that didn't quite change the situation, but we, we gave it, it all. all. Right. We gave it at all. And I didn't even have a, a Guardian's boyfriend because my guy, Yu Cheng, recently got traded to the Pirates, him and his adorable son, Wilson. So mm. I didn't have any dogs in that race. Yeah, they traded for... his son. That sucks. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. I think it was a package deal. And and clearly he's signed in for, he's got a huge extension on that one. He's going to be locked in for many years. Have you okay. been doing baseball? Have you been able to get to any games? I have not gotten to any games. Uh, just to go back to our previous section a little bit. Um, I was a J&J person. So uh, oh. I have been extra careful and I got, uh, uh, I got an MRNA booster in the fall of last year and then again i got my second my old lady booster pretty much the moment i was allowed uh and i actually tried to get it sooner but it was it's difficult to do it if it's not approved by the fda so yeah uh, of course now things have changed and they say that the j and j offers equal or better protection when it's boosted really? with mrna but 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 for the first like year or two, uh, I have been extra careful, just assuming that I am more vulnerable than most. So, so I have not been this season. I went to a game last fall in the sort of pre Omicron. I went to a really good Giants Brewers game. It was a day game. There was lots of space around us. That was really, really cool. I'm still hoping to get to a game this year. Well, actually, we have to talk off show because I'm coming out there in a couple of weeks. I heard. And, I heard. and I bet that we can find some space at the Coliseum where there's not a there's lot of people around. Fans for game. <laughs> so, so that's, you know, Let's it's because the Giants are not in town that weekend, but the A's are. So all I right. would love to see the Coliseum while it still exists. So, all right. Yes. I would, I would love to see the Coliseum and, and uh, meet you in all three dimensions. That's so cool. So for anybody out there who happens to be in that area, uh, let me know. I'm going to be, I'm trying to find my calendar really fast. Looking but at you, uh, super depressed A's fan. <laughs> right, right. I think it's, oh, I think we're going to be there on Father's Day. Yeah, June 19th is is the the date that we're looking at so let us know if you're in the area so hey we've got stuff to talk about today and i'm going to be trying to put on patty's hat actually note my hat when you see the um the promo this is a very cool hat thank you very much to fan holly who sent patty and i these cool durham cervezas hats so these are the durham bulls alter ego for the copa de diversion the fun cup and they're a beer can and they're bright green and there's little steer heads that are glittery all over the place. And there's just so much fabulous about that hat. So I am wearing it very proudly today. Speaking of proudly, on today's show, happy Pride. It's June. It's Pride. MLB and MILB are acknowledging it and we are here to tell you about it. I'm going to give a little bit of an ode to Patty because we miss her so much. And then I get to talk about the powers of the X-Man. 
going to wrap up a little bit with some college baseball. Thanks to our friend, Brian. Thank you, Brian. First of all, running things off, happy pride. It is, Woo! yeah, I've just got to see that it's nice to see things getting better in some aspect of our society as there's so much crap to complain about, but it seems like every year, and and I think actually every year, MLB is doing just a little bit better. I, I agree. They really are. And uh, yeah, if you think back to, uh, to 1994, when the Giants were the first team to do... Uh, until there's a cure day for, and you know, wear the red ribbon for AIDS research. Wow. They didn't even want to do that because they thought that would be interpreted as gay day, even though AIDS affects so many more people globally than, than just queer folks. Um, and then fast forward to now, things have really objectively gotten so much better. Yeah. Yeah. So this year there are 28, almost 29 teams. And I'll talk about that a little bit more out of 30 who are doing pride and damn it, it should be 30. But one that I'm particularly impressed by is Tampa Bay because Florida, right? So Florida is definitely the the hotbed of, of a couple of extremes, but also, you know, the the site of the, um, why am I blanking right now? The the shooting, the, the club name. I Pulse. Pulse. I, I was almost saying pride and I didn't write this yeah. down clearly. So to make a strong statement in Florida is an important thing. And Tampa Bay has the progress pride flag symbol on both the hat and the sleeve this year. It's interesting that they said it's an individual decision by the players whether to wear it. And I mm -hmm. have not, I tried to look up and there was only one relief pitcher who I didn't recognize. So I don't know about the starting lineup, who did and who didn't. So I would like to look into that a little bit more. Um, but they had flags for fans. And importantly, the team made a donation to Metro Inclusive Health, which is a local health system to provide care uh, for LGBTQ population in the area. So I'm happy yeah. to see Tampa cool. jumping on it. Uh, my grandparents lived in Tampa most of their retired, most of my huh. life. And uh, so I visited there a lot as a kid. And I visited there when my aunt was getting older to take care of her. And uh, I have to say, Tampa Bay is like the least objectionable part of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> except it's for their like, stadium. Yes, except for their stadium. It's not quite right. the Tacoma Park of Florida. but. Right. <laughs> uh, or it's the maybe like, Florida. I don't yeah. know, maybe it's like the Silver Spring of Florida. Okay. I can take that. I can totally take that. But but over in, in like your neck of the woods is is <laughs> the, the basis of, of things, happy things starting, right? That is true. That is true. Out here. Well, do you want to talk about the Dodgers pride? Because I think you know more about that than I do. So the Dodgers... Um, it's their ninth Glenn Burke night. So the, the cool thing about the Dodgers is involving the family of Glenn Burke, who was mm -hmm. the the first and maybe only player who was openly gay at the time of playing, right? And, and it's amazing that since then there hasn't been more of this because he played from 76 to 79 and famously um, had a lot of a lot of issues because of it. Although he's also another wonderful thing that he's known for that Patty has taught us about in the past is being half of the first high five with right. uh, Dusty Baker. Yeah. And he so, was Oakland, he was in Oakland A. So so yay. So the Dodgers yeah. honoring that and somebody I think it was his brother who's throwing out the first pitch, um, mm -hmm. and that the Dodgers also are riding are wearing their pride hats on the field for the first time. 
That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, when they come just two days later after their own Pride Night, they're coming to San Francisco and they and the Giants will be the joint jointly be the first two teams in a major sports league, whatever that means. Uh, you know, that's I, um, I don't like that term very much. But anyway, right. Uh, the first two teams to jointly wear Pride logos on the field. Uh, for the and they'll that's that the Giants Pride Night on June 11th, yeah, and they'll they'll both be wearing the 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 Progress Pride flag, which is so cool because it's inclusive of the stripes for Black and Brown folks and also trans folks and non-binary. Yeah, yeah, and and that's an important change I think that's been happening the past couple of years with Pride Night, and I'm impressed by the Blue Jays for a number of reasons, but. Not only just for Pride, but their ballpark already had gender-neutral bathrooms, and apparently they're increasing that for during their full Pride weekend. And not only that, that there's an organization that they're also uh, contributing money to, and it's a local LGBTQ uh, support organization that's also they're they're hiring to give their employees a refresher course on diversity and inclusion and how one should be respectful in in many ways so hats off to the blue jays for doing it right that is very cool i did get permission from potty mouth jr to mention how they're non-binary and it's really important it's just a basic need to give people a place to go to the bathroom where they feel comfortable and to have a ballpark that has that as as part of the way that they function every day of the year is essential. And I'm hoping that more ballparks can do that fast because yeah. people just deserve a place to go. Yeah, absolutely. And to that, I will add in the spirit of like, when, you know, all of us aren't free, none of us are, uh, right. I'm semi-identifying. I'm not really a non-binary person, but, uh, you know, I don't wear a lot of makeup. I don't wear earrings. Uh, when I go to a baseball game, I get called sir a lot, and that's fine. That doesn't bother me. Um, and I have trouble with bathrooms in places like that, too, even though I'm not officially non-binary. So when they make things better for non-binary folks, it's also better for all the rest of us. So Amen. that's why we all need to work on being free. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's nice to see that we're, we have the, you know, I didn't look at the percentage, but 28 out of 30 teams. So who are those two teams who are lagging? Of course, I have to wait, call wait, out. Wait, let me guess. <laughs> you, you want to take a guess? I will take a guess. I'm going to guess the Hammers. No, actually, they're they're doing the right thing. Okay, the Hammers have okay, a pride wait. night. All right. Sorry, Hammers. I apologize. All right. <laughs> That's, it's, okay. I think it's understandable. I'm going to take one more, one more guess, and then I'm going sure. to give up. So there's two teams who are not there's, doing any Right. Well, one Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers are the one team who are not even talking about it, have never done it, have no plans to do it. They're the only team. Yeah. And that is just bad. So then, you know, that begets the question. And I wish I could remember who to credit for this idea that should MLB have a day? You know, like there's Jackie Robinson's day or like Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. um, Roberto Clemente. Like, should there be a day where all teams have to, whether they want to or not, to sort of push the Rangers in that direction? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's nice to have Pride Month and to have teams have the flexibility to put their own spin on it as long as they do something. Yeah. Right. But 
fuck Texas. Um, but the other team who has like zero, zero excuse because New York City Pride, I was at in New York City during Pride last year and it's a scene. I mean, it's huge all over, all over the city. So for the Yankees to not do something seems a little oh, weird. Yankees. Right. But it's also Yankees. So their excuse is not that they don't support the concept. It's that they are they are traditional and they don't have theme nights. And so they don't have theme nights for any theme, including Pride. Oh, they don't do any of the, they don't do like Star Wars night or right. anything exactly. like that. Yep. Uh, yep. Right. So they're just sort of all-purpose reactionary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Although, because the this thing is in the facial hair category. Them. Somehow this feels related yep. to the facial hair. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. It's that this is the serious way that you do things in their, in their light. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. But there is a rumor, and apparently it's going to be substantiated soon, that they're going to announce a legacy of the pride something, occasion, something, apparently in their little museum thing in Yankee Stadium, and I'm actually going there in July, believe it or not, um, there is a, a mention of, a whitewashed mention of Stonewall, but mm. at least it's there, but it's mm. a certain, you know, angle of the situation. Um, so they're gonna say something sometime this month. I don't know what it is, and maybe they're just, like, wanting this media attention, but that is the Yankees. I don't know. But you can even MILB. I haven't I haven't looked enough at minor league, but there's a minor league pride emblem now that you can get the merch for and a bunch of minor league teams. I'm not sure how many, but we're doing pride. So that's a good thing. So I uh, will move on to taking my hat off to Patty. Hey, Patty, we're going to look at her baseball boyfriend. So in case anybody's joining us for the first time, what Patty and I usually do in the offseason, always do in the offseason, is pick a guy per team because there's, they're cool. There's something that we like about them beyond the field. Um, and we go through it. And if you are interested in finding out about that, go back into our past episodes. And the guy that Patty picked for the Nats this year was Lane Thomas, who has been I would say not performing as highly as Patty would would appreciate for her fantasy team. But on Friday, he had a three home run game. Now, wow. this guy has had six home runs for the season. So half of them were on Friday night. He is only the seventh. <laughs> what a guy. He's only the seventh national to hit a, a three home run game. And I'm surprised that. Juan Soto isn't in that group because the last one, unless unless Soto did before this, but I definitely haven't done enough homework. The last one was Kyle Schwaba last June. So mm -hmm. maybe Lane Thomas is going to bust, bust things open for Patty. So that's the one guy from this year's pick who I'm going to mention this week. I want to absolutely salute a former baseball boyfriend of Patty, Williams Estudio, who she picked in 2020 when he was on the Twins. And he last winter was super fun to follow in the Venezuelan league. And he was looking for a place to go. He was absolutely, you know, playing his heart out in Venezuela so that he could get a contract somewhere. He got signed by the Marlins in March in a minor league contract, finally got brought up just in May on the 25th. So he gets brought up on May 25th. He steals second base on May 28th. And I do have a link that I hopefully will get into the show notes because I don't know how to do that. Hopefully Patty's going to help me. Um, and, and it's just an adorable, 
a video of Williams uh -oh. Studio stealing. Yep, yep, get a drink. <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate you having your mug. So adorable is our word. And I have my last <laughs> sip of slightly spiked coffee. Yes, I have some Jameson in the morning coffee. You know, had to do something. But I will drink for the adorable Williams Estudio. So he steals a base. So cool to see. Then June 2nd, first home run in a game, along with three RBI. And because he has to just keep amping things up on June 3rd, and you probably know about this more than I do, he he pitched a scoreless inning against the Giants. Yes, he pitched. So the the um Marlins were behind the final game. I don't know how how far behind they were when he well, it was scoreless. So 15 to 6. And he got three outs with 14 pitches his curve and his slider ranged from 13 point wait not 13 that's crazy 37.7 miles an hour to 70 and a half miles an hour and it went like this so jason vossler lined out william flores walked and then the last two outs i think are the most impressive he got mike yastrzemski and longoria both to line out and those are some big outs. bats Contrast yeah. that with the Giants position player who played the same game, Donovan mm -hmm. Donovan Walton. <laughs> the, okay. As uh, as my favorite writer calls him, the second Donovan in baseball history and the second Donovan in Giants history to play second base. <laughs> um, <laughs> At least there's just he, one major number to remember there. Yeah, they were losing, I think, fifteen to two or fifteen to three. Okay. He allowed four runs in his appearance, so. Not quite as uh, good as Williams Estadio. At, at least they could afford to do that. At least they could afford it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> More than. Any any other Giants oh, uh, yes. update here? Well, uh, a couple more position player uh, position player pitcher updates. And I, I just saw this this morning. The Dodgers tried to use a position player last night, and they were denied. Because right. apparently there's a new rule that you have to be at least six runs behind. So the Dodgers had to burn a reliever. And they were five. Like, they were close. Yeah, they were close. And the <laughs> rule hadn't been enforced last year. So I, uh, I I just don't envy MLB managers that have to remember all these, like, complicated rules about substitutions and mound visits. And, and then stuff changes. They did all these rule changes in 2020, but then didn't enforce them because of the short season. And yep. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it's too bad that the Giants in that 15 to 2 game didn't go with their, apparently their new ace closer, Luis Gonzalez, uh, a rookie outfielder who, um, he, uh, he pitched four and a half scoreless innings a couple of weeks wow. ago across two games, one that the Giants were losing by 10 runs, uh, and uh, I don't know if you all talked about this on the game on the podcast before, but that was the game where Pujols pitched a couple innings too. And everybody was really excited about that. It was mm -hmm. on Sunday night baseball, but yep. Luis Gonzalez homered off him. So that's awesome. Yes. Always good to make Pujols look bad. Uh, yeah. We are very much in that camp these yeah. days. That's yeah. for sure. So um, anyway, and as, as they put it, <laughs> Pujols allowed a homer off the opposing pitcher. <laughs> uh, allowed it. But uh, but but anyway, um, the other thing about Luis Gonzalez is uh, he's he's now tied for the lead in least least uh, in you know lowest ERA of all time in baseball. Like as any position player is who gets a scoreless inning. <laughs> nice. So um, yeah, that's that's those are my position player uh, 
Giants updates. Oh, and then I guess Luis Gonzalez also pitched in a game where they were winning by a lot against the Mets. So that's always good. Always good to trounce the Mets. Absolutely. And then your actual Giants boy. So you have, so I just want to give a oh, shout yeah. out Deborah is one of our fantasy players. So what we've done with our baseball boyfriends is at the end of our off season, Patty and I each created a fantasy team and our fantasy teams are very limited because they had to be off the guys that we talked about in the off season. And then we opened the league up to our good friends and listeners. And Deborah is one who is doing better than I am. <laughs> like everybody else. And do, do, yeah, actually you, you've beat us both. We're both in the basement. Well, I was down there too, and I'll probably be there again because uh, <laughs> I chose Mets pitching this year and I know they're doing well oh. now, but uh, it is the Mets after all. So I'm just waiting for that other Mets shoe to drop. <laughs> well, that's like Scherzer getting bit on his hand by his dog. Did you hear about oh, that? No, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, it's I like... don't own the premium Mets pitchers. I only own oh. the second tier because I didn't, you know, uh, other people, including uh, your tech support, got in ahead <laughs> of me on the draft. And uh, I was only able to pick up the three, four, and five starters. And now I, but now because the Mets pitching is so uh, decimated, I also own the six and seven starters, also known as <laughs> relief pitchers that the Mets tap on the shoulder to, to, uh, pitch tonight. Excellent. <laughs> but anyway, um, I did want to talk about my baseball boyfriend this year for the giants, Jock Peterson, who, uh, I think made news on this podcast last week for non-baseball yep. reasons. And, um, <laughs> but also last week, uh, at, in that same Mets series where they won so handily a couple times, Jock Peterson also had a three homer game oh, and wow. he, um, he had a three homer game and a, I don't remember if it was, he didn't hit the walk off, but he got on base in the, Oh, you know what? It was a, it was a close game. The Mets came back and then, uh, Jock, instead of this was notable because instead of going for a fourth homer, okay. he went the other way and hit a single and got on base and then Crawford knocked him in for a walk-off home run or a walk-off wow. uh, walk-off win. So um, like he just had like an all-time great hitting game, right? And they asked him afterwards, like what, you know, what changed your approach? And he said, well, um, Barry Bonds was at the park today. Really? And I talked to him for like an hour. He, he said he started talking to him like long before game time. Uh, and they just got into a, a discussion, like one of those, like, you know, galaxy brain masters discussions of like, hitting. <laughs> and, and it wasn't like about like, you know, lift your back foot or anything like that. It was more like treat, you know, when, let's see, I'll try to summarize the advice. He said, when, when pitchers pitch to hitters who are good, you may only get one pitch to hit the entire game. And so you have to treat every pitch as just that pitch. It was very like Buddhist wow. advice. You know, you have to treat every pitch the same. Don't think about what the count is. Don't think about what the situation is. Uh, wow. You know, and don't always be trying to hit a homer. Like just, just treat every pitch as that moment. And he said that, that just kind of, changed his his outlook and indeed even since then in the week since then he's been hitting better 
but that game he hit the three homers and the and the key single um like it's just incredible and he said he said he was they were talking and talking and then all of a sudden he's like oh man it's 15 minutes before game time i have to put pants on and i thought only in baseball do you have like a <laughs> like a life-changing pep talk without wearing pants without your pants on <laughs> that's excellent yeah, I mean, so we we did talk about Jock last week because he had been slapped right by Tommy yes. Pham. Tommy Pham, and and so he we we had the Jock side of the story last week, and I think since then Pham feels like clearly he didn't get his piece, and so he his excuse now is that Mike Trout is actually to blame. And so this is our just our little mention of why Patty is better than Mike Trout, because Tommy Fan said that Trout is the worst commissioner in fantasy sports. And yeah. I would I would go out there on a limb to say that everybody in our fantasy baseball boyfriend league, I don't think anybody amongst us would say that Patty is a bad commissioner. On the contrary, I think we we all appreciate her and her attention and the work that she puts into it. So in this way, and in and many others, with the possible exception of hitting and fielding, Patty is better than, than Mike Trout. I totally agree. She is better than Mike Trout. And, you know, kudos to Mike Trout for mostly staying above the fray in all this. And <laughs> yes. also for just naming that being a fantasy sports commissioner is a totally thankless task, no matter what. Yeah. And I think Patty would agree. I really do think that she would agree. Um, and, uh, you know, my only slight disagreement with, with Potty Mouth here is that Patty's actually never worked out for the Angels. So we, we actually okay. don't know. We don't, <laughs> we just don't have all the facts yet. We don't know whether she's a better hitter or fielder than Mike Trout, but we do know that she's a better commissioner. Well, one thing, this might be affecting Mike Trout because I just brought up his stats and in the last seven games, he's batting 111. In the last oh, 15 no. games, he's batting 186. So the past couple of weeks have this, this kerfuffle, this, this criticism of his fantasy management is clearly it's affecting off-field distraction. Play. Right. That's, that is very unfortunate. So... I'm like legit shocked that this story has such legs uh, like <laughs> on, on the athletic that I subscribe to and pay good money to. I'm like, could I please have a non Jock Peterson, Tommy Pam story? Yeah. Well, Hey, you know what? I, I can provide a good, a good uh, diversion and go toward the Red Sox, which I love to do whenever I have a chance to do it. And I just want to say like growing up as a Red Sox fan and anybody who's been listening knows has, is probably sick of me talking about this. It's, the shortstop position throughout my 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 youth and childhood was rough. It was like always trying to find the right guy. And finally, everybody, you know, the the my sort of high school college days, everybody falls in love with Noma, Nomar Garcia Para, and he gets, you know, traded at the at the the key right before they won the championship. And so we've been lo looking for like a Nomar replacement since then. And X-Man, Xander Bogarts, Boston, we have a shortstop just on Friday, broke the record for the most games played by a Red Sox shortstop, 1,094. That record wow. has been for 100 years. The last guy with that many games wow. was Everett Scott from 1914 to 1921 before going to the Yankees. <clears throat> and Xander Bogarts is 29 years old. 
He also wow. is the longest tenured Red Sox right now. He's signed through 25, but this, so this is the big, like, you know, debate going on there. Are they going to trade him? Are they, are they going to hang on to him? Are they going to pay him the money that he should be get he should be earning? Because they've got to keep this man. I mean, at this point, the city loves him. The fans are behind him. And I'm saying not only keep him, but bring back the captain. Whatever happened to the captains? We had Veritek as a captain. The Yankees had that guy, Jeter. I mean, there, there had been captains got before. Brandon and you don't has see electrical it. tape on his jersey. Does he? <laughs> That's yeah, the way to of, do it. He's sort of the ironic captain. <laughs> I'll take any captain I can get, ironic or otherwise. But give give X Man the C. That's what yeah, I say. Yeah, that's awesome. I I uh, I owned Xander last year in uh, fantasy, and he did great for me. So uh, I'm I'm a Xander Bogarts fan. Yeah, he's the victim of one of our stupid rules in that to atone for whatever mistakes the Red Sox may or may not have made in 2018, that we don't take anybody from that team on our fantasy leagues, although we we mightily encourage our uh, our other participants to do so. So I'm oh. bummed because we haven't been able to talk about him, to profile him as he deserves. So I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to bring this up with the commissioner. Because he's he's got some stories, man. He's definitely got some stories. I didn't realize his twin brother signed with the Red Sox. That's obviously oh, not, that's crazy. Not, not making it as well as he did. But I didn't yeah. even know he was a twin. Wow. So a hundred years without the same without a, a a steady shortstop that makes the curse of Barry Bonds look uh, look <laughs> very very minimal by comparison. Uh, the Giants haven't had the same opening day left fielder since Barry Bonds retired in two thousand seven or whatever. Wow. So well, that's like different. There's been, you know, it's been 15 years. You've had 15 opening day left fielders. I, th I think that outdoes it. I think that absolutely. I don't know. A hundred years is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he has been, I mean, he has been for the past. Um, so that, so let me think he came up right before the world series of 2013. So he's been shortstop for nine years pretty much starting shortstop Very cool. and hopefully for several more. That's what I'm hoping. I just wanted to quickly mention um, Joe Girardi getting canned just because ironically, I had just been listening to CeCe Sabathia's uh, memoir, which is, which is fascinating. And people who have been listening to us for a while know that I've had some critical moments of CeCe while he was still playing. And I have mm -hmm. learned a mm -hmm. lot about his, his life. I totally recommend the book. Um, but he talks about remembering when Girardi got canned by the Yankees and feeling really bad about it because he gave him a shot. He had, I mean, he had been with the Yankees from 08 to 17. So it, it's that like early success. And then Yankees, you know, they expect to win all the time. So after he's stopped winning after 09, he gets canned. And now he's getting canned by the Phillies. So I don't know. I almost feel bad about him. He basically said, um, you know, a team's doing bad. Somebody's got to take the blame. The manager's going to take the blame. The coaching assistant, Bobby Meacham, also got canned. Um, so the president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski, has named the bench coach, Rob Thompson, as the interim manager, who interestingly has 28 years on his record in the Yankee system. So this Yankees influence between Girardi and between now this this new guy, I don't know. If it's not working for the Yankees, it's not going to work for the Phillies, but I guess we'll see what happens. Phillies yeah, have yeah. had a rough, I mean, Patty predicted it all. See, that's the thing. If they listen to the podcast and listen to Patty, she said at the very beginning of the year that the Phillies were going to be entertaining to watch just because they weren't going to be able to feel the ball. So I think 
she's got a point there. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, I was reading about the this yesterday, and it just seems like uh, the Phillies' problems, you know, they come from ownership and management and not as much, you know, maybe Joe Girardi wasn't the right fit for this group of players, maybe yeah. not, but mostly it's that they didn't put the right pieces together and uh including maybe they shouldn't have even hired joe girardi like right. maybe maybe he wasn't the right fit for that group of players you know i read that he has a very distinctive style that's a little mm -hmm. bit uh you know not, maybe not so encouraging yeah no i totally agree and and it yeah. doesn't seem like he's been happy there so hopefully everybody will work things out but also, hopefully we won't have to worry about the, the Phillies and the Nats have enough problems of their own. Um, I'm going to segue into college baseball, something that we ignore on a regular basis. And I want to give a tip of the hat and a big thanks to our longtime listener and Patreon friend, Brian Jones, who sent me a very extensive rundown of what's happening in college baseball right now, especially through the lens of LSU. And we are pro LSU because Brian sent us LSU swag. So I love the purple and I wear it proudly. But right now, the NCAA has started a, the tournament toward the College World Series. And it starts with 64 teams that started this weekend. And actually, Junior Pottymouth mentioned this to me that, you know, college baseball is happening at University of Maryland right now. And I had no clue. Apparently, there are 16 regional host sites and University of Maryland is one of them. I should have checked before the show to see how the Terps are doing. I am not sure. Um, but through the LSU lens, thanks to our friend Brian, LSU has been to the world, the College World Series 18 times, which seems pretty impressive, and won six of them. And then 89 LSU players have made it to MLB, including some guys that we know, like DJ LeMayhew, Aaron Nola of the Phillies, his brother Austin of the Padres, and Alex Bregman. A uh, little bit of a controversy there, and I know a heartbreaker for Brian because of all that the Astros have been through, but apparently he was a real heart winner when he was on LSU as, as a college student. Um, right now, there are players to watch. Jacob Berry, apparently on LSU, is ready for his hitting, but according to our friend Brian, is showing a little bit of poor defense that he has to work on, but might be drafted this summer. Dylan Cruz is a five-tool player, and I appreciate this comment here from Brian that he has super sexy center field defense. So I think <laughs> I need to tune in to see that, and I absolutely need to tune in to see Trey Morgan, who apparently leads the nation in QHAR. That would be quality hair above replacement. The last time LSU was in the College World Series was in uh, 2017. And at that point, the NCIB connection here is that they beat the number one seeded Oregon State team. And who is on Oregon State? But the Patty favorite, Adley Rutschman, whose t-shirt she now has courtesy of us, even though she didn't get to go to the game. It all comes back to Adley. Yeah. So keep an eye on Adley. Poor Adley did not get a hit that night. So I'm waiting for him to do stuff. But I, I have confidence. I have confidence. Not only Adley, this it's so this is why it's always cool to like catch the college or the minor league teams because you never know who's going to come out of that. So that Oregon State team not only had Adley, thank you, Brian, for this info, but the Cubs, Nick Madrigal and the Guardian, Stephen Kwan, the, the breakout dude from this year. Wow. By the way, it looks like the Terps are leading the Big Ten and they're 46 and 12. So. Oh, all right. 
Go Terps. All right, we'll we'll go Terps. So just to to round this out, um, we're going to, courtesy of Brian, encourage you to follow college baseball, that it has a smaller following than football and basketball because the prospects can go pro. So, And we talk about that a lot on the podcast, that a lot of after junior year, a lot of the guys either get drafted and don't go to college or junior year and don't finish it off until later. Also, I didn't even realize this, the stigma of metal bats. And Mm. it says that um, like schools, Brian said, and I quote, like schools for kids of all ages, most programs cannot afford wooden bats, but the bats have been deadened multiple times over the last two decades for safety. And it's led to more results like pro baseball. And it's led to more college stars like everybody's favorite Buster Posey. Buster Posey making it in the majors so if we can throw in a buster posey mention that is a good thing so we are encouraging you to check out the the um college baseball tournament over the next four weeks buster posey currently the most overqualified toddler softball coach in in san francisco (laughs) bay area he's coaching both his kid all his kid or both his twins uh softball or t-ball leagues so can you imagine going to a T-ball game and Buster Posey's the other coach? Yeah, I just unreal. Like I just see like little Posey t-shirts, like teeny Posies. That's so cool. All right, so yay for college baseball. Always yay for Buster Posey. Not so yay for Ohio. And this is uh, Patty's state of birth, and so she is probably more upset about this even than I am. But this past week, I think it was on Wednesday. So there's a little bit of of cross-training, but it affects all sports. Ohio uh, GOP-led house snuck a a part into an unrelated bill at the last minute dealing with trans kids' access to sports in schools. Mm -hmm. And what this bill mandates, and this is horrific, is a verification process for suspected trans athletes in schools. As if it was a crime. Right. And there's so many levels of why this is bad, right? Any kid who somebody thinks could be trans, who is not, you know, out, who does not uh, express that in any way, has to go through it, would have to go through, if this were to become law, external and internal examination. And there's more detail that you can find. I'll link on one of the articles. But that's absolutely traumatizing, potentially traumatizing for a huge number of youth for zero reason because it's not an issue. It's just point blank, not an issue. There is no evidence of a wave of transgender kids taking over sports, which is what the the GOP is sort of pushing out there. Um, There's one identified transgender female athlete in the state of Ohio playing softball and also no clear evidence that that person is doing any better than anywhere else. And Ohio already has a law in place that requires a year of of hormone therapy or demonstration of no advantage for a trans kid to be playing, which is already sort of above and beyond. Hopefully, this isn't going to go anywhere. Um, it won't go into the to the state Senate until after the November recess. So let's just hope it fades into oblivion. But what it looks like is it's it's the GOP testing the waters. And to do this in Pride Month is a huge slap in the face. Yeah. So and just to 
to go back to something I was saying and repeat something I was saying earlier, this really affects everyone because, um, you know, this is not just about trans kids because of that phrase suspected trans kids, right? Like I was skinny in high school. I kind of looked like a little boy and, uh, you know, this would affect me even though I was straight in high school and I, I never identified as, as, as trans, but, you know, anybody who just looks different can just be picked out and that's horrible. So we right. all need to, you know, do what we can. Um, I know this bill is in Ohio, but it could be anywhere. So if you live in a state where there are things like this going on, it's, uh, it's everyone's responsibility to fight it. Right. And that's exactly it. Like these bills are popping up all over the place. And we talked about a couple of them in prior episodes. So it's something to keep to keep track of where you're living and and vote accordingly. And, you know, the the important thing, I mean, we're talking about kids here. Let just let kids play. Like it's it's kids playing sports. Let them play. And there are always going to be differences between kids. So like, you know, a five foot boy compared to a six foot girl, the assigned, you know, genders assigned at birth is not going to be playing basketball as well because he's a foot shorter. Like there's, there are issues and then there's, there's unquantifiable stuff and just let the kids play. Let the kids play. So we should all, um, follow the example of the Celtics last minute input from Patty. First of all, go Celtics. This is my, my once a year. (laughs) All right. So we're going to have a little bit of a conflict. Well, can't we here. all get along? We could. I don't think we're going to get like one of those hats of the of both teams together. I'm, no. I'm, my dad is very happy that the Celtics, the Celtics won the first game. We'll see what happens tonight is game two. So you all know more than Deborah and I do right now about who's going to be winning tonight. But to give the Celtics a, a few episodes ago, Patty mentioned how Brittany Griner, a female basketball player, is still detained in Russia. And it's crazy. And I mean, we're talking about months at this point and that the Celtics on Saturday were wearing We Are BG, We Are Brittany Griner t-shirts during practice to show their support. So there's a there. I didn't get a chance to read the whole article. There's an article in The Athletic that we will link. So you're you're pro dubs. I'm pro dubs, but the Celtics are a very worthy opponent. And I am, in addition to being pro dubs, I am very much pro your dad. So thank you. Thank uh, you. If, if, if the dubs had to lose, I would want them to lose to a team that your dad is a fan of. So what, so what did I mispronounce? Because I called them warriors. Like, is that not? No, I okay just anymore? meant like you mispronounced, <laughs> you said go Celtics, but you clearly meant to oh, say go Dubs. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go green, go green. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. I mean, the Celtics were sort of underdogs until this point, And now everybody's like, oh, the Celtics could take this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm the worst sort of casual Warriors fan. So uh, I'm just a fan of the game. It's about the friends we make along the way. Yep. And of course, I'm hoping for a game seven, no matter what. I want it to go seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's so hard because, yeah, I, I want it to go game seven. But game four is on a Friday night and we already have plans to like go out to watch it somewhere. So I don't know. Yeah, But, but yes, I'm very pro- Game seven, I have to I have to admit. That's true. 
All right. So the we had talked about our fantasy baseball boyfriend league, and I am going to leave it to Deborah to do this week's rankings because every Sunday at exactly the same time, Patty pulls the rankings. They change wildly every day. And sometimes I remember to put it out on Twitter. But drum roll, please, for where we are right now. All right. And here are the rankings in first place and uh, and fully in first place this week. For now, today, we have Bo Knows Boyfriends. In second place, Spicy Susie. Third place, The Leftovers. Fourth place, I Zombies for Adults. In fifth place, Karen's Legit Team. In sixth place, my personal favorite team that never changes <laughs> anything and yet somehow does really well, The Kids. Close behind them on their heels, Deborah F's team, followed by super depressed A's fan. I'm Aww. so sorry for you, A's fan. I also am, am a super depressed A's fan. Followed by in ninth place, Hail Mary, 10th place, Patty Kamish, and in 11th place, holding us all up, Potty Mouse Posse. So the, the kids made their one and only of the season change this week, finally. And, and what broke- They traded. The the straw that broke the camel's back was Aaron Judge's slamming Camden Yards. So the kids could not oh. tolerate that kind of slamming of, of the Orioles stadium. So they were looking for somebody to trade uh, Aaron Judge to. And much to my surprise <laughs> and concern, <laughs> the one who bit was the leftovers, a.k.a. my husband. That was unexpected. Right. <laughs> Right. So I turned to him and said, what are you doing taking Aaron Judge? And he actually, and I don't, I'm okay because I'm, I'm not too concerned about whether he wins or loses this, this league, but he said he's keeping Aaron Judge on his bench, that he did it as a preemptive move so that nobody else- Because Aaron Judge is probably him. on the can't cut list, right? Uh, meaning uh, that like, you can't get rid of him. there are players that you're not right. allowed to drop. So, I, we got to talk to the commissioner about that because I don't I don't understand those that's rules. All, well, it, that's not even that's like a Yahoo rule. So yeah, uh, my hat is off to Mister Potty Mouth. That's a brilliant solution to, <laughs> to, to, to to stash him on the bench. It's it's very Jock Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So if anybody out there wants to play fantasy ball with us in the future, stay in touch. You can find us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook at No Crying and B-Ball. And if you also want to send us in little things to read on the air, like our good friend Brian, or give some other little shout out to somebody that you want to hear uh, their name on, on No Crying in Baseball, you can join our Patreon. Our Patreon is at patreon.com slash no crying in b-ball. Throw us a little bit of money so that we don't lose any money making this show. And just, you know, you get a little bit more access to some, some stuff that we put up on our Patreon page that you won't see anywhere else. So I guess I have to do a little bit of the sign-off in lieu of Patty. Do you want to do it? Oh, I can, I can, I'll try and you can fill All in right. what I miss. Follow us on social. Potty Mouth just described how to do that. Get your booster, including mm -hmm. your old lady booster or your old man booster or your old non-binary booster if you qualify. Absolutely. Fight the man and tune in next week. Say good night, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth.
Giants pitching, you know, the the athletic writer wrote a whole article about how the Giants pitchers are doing everything right except for not preventing runs. So, and I thought of you. 